Uh, hello and uh, welcome to the Byland Clinic podcast number two. Uh, if you uh, joined me for podcast episode number one, I am super uh, thankful that you came back here to listen to podcast number two. Uh, and we're actually going to kind of dive into some content here today, uh, talking specifically about psychoeducational uh, evaluations. Um, and my number one personal pet peeve uh, with those. Uh, but before we dive into that any further, uh, I just want to remind you uh, that if you have any uh, suggestions or questions for uh, me uh, about the podcast or anything else professionally, just uh, please, I encourage you to reach out to me at info at drjamesbyland.com. That's uh, info at d-r-j-a-m-e-s-b-y-l-u-n-d.com. Uh, or, of course, you can follow me on social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, at The Byland Clinic. Uh, and you can certainly uh, connect with me that way as well. Uh, and if you haven't uh, seen uh, those accounts yet, uh, I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, you know, I'm be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm not too savvy when it comes to all this uh Social media stuff, although I'm, I'm learning a little bit, you know, kind of here as I go along. Um, nothing that I've ever really done personally, so I'm trying to learn it here professionally. So, um, uh, but at any rate, I uh, do have those accounts going now. Uh, and, and on those accounts, uh, you know, share a lot of information that's similar to what we discuss here uh, on the podcast. So things related to uh, learning disabilities and ADHD and other developmental disorders and um psychoeducational evaluations and IEP process and, and just like this podcast really do that to be a resource to uh, parents of kids with known or suspected disabilities or or even for other helping professionals who you know work with children and youth uh, with learning and other developmental disorders too so uh, so hopefully you've, you've checked me out there uh, if not please do so follow me um, and, uh, and hopefully there I'm, I'm providing some information and that's useful for you, right? So, uh, so check that out. Uh, as I've said before, uh, and bears repeating, right, in, in any one of these uh, episodes, certainly I'm not providing any legal advice. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm not providing any information that is specific to you or your child or, or anybody else you know. Uh, so I'm not making any diagnoses or treatment recommendations here. If, if you have those types of questions specific to you and your situation, uh, you need to reach out to a professional and, uh, uh, and get answers to those questions. So, uh, uh, so again, uh, with all that said, let's, uh, let's jump in here because I'm going to talk about, um, I don't know, it's hard to say number one, right? But, uh, but it could easily be. Uh, my number one pet peeve uh, with psychoeducational and neuropsychological evaluations. Now, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, not trying to be the, the, the pot calling the kettle black here. I, I'm not perfect about this. You know, this is a writing psychoeducational and neuropsychological assessment reports is difficult. Uh, there's a, a lot of skill involved in doing it well. Uh, and it's something that I'm continually working on and, and evolving and trying to do a better job of it. But here's my number one pet peeve, right? My number one pet peeve is no one understands what the hell they say. <laughs> Period, right? Uh, I, I don't know who these people are writing the reports for. Uh, perhaps other psychologists, because uh, another psychologist and 
And frankly, only a psychologist who uh, does testing for a living would ever understand what the heck is in any one of these reports. Now, the reason why that's such a problem for me uh, is because a psychologist uh, shares the information out with a parent, perhaps in a meeting, uh, or if it's a situation involving the school, there's an IEP team meeting, right, where all these professionals and parents get together to discuss uh, these assessment reports. Now, the assessment results in those situations are then the basis of everything else that comes after it, right? The assessment report determines the child's needs, uh, which helps uh, the team to develop appropriate goals and determine appropriate services. And for parents and teachers then to be able to really understand this child and, and what the barriers are to their learning so that they can then do something to help, right? Uh, the psychologist isn't helping, right? Beyond that point, right? They, they're sharing this information. Now, now it would make sense then, at least in my mind, uh, that these reports uh, would be written in a way uh, in which it might make some sense, <laughs> uh, even just a little bit, right, to uh, to parents and teachers, man, because these things just don't. Uh, and so, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but the conversation is not going to end today, right? Uh, I mean, this is actually such a big topic that we're, we're going to dedicate a lot of episodes to looking at different aspects of this, right? Like, like what exactly these disabilities are, what all these areas of psychological processing uh, mean, right? Because it's all these sort of abstract foreign concepts to everybody, right? Uh, and not just what they mean, but what the implications are then for, for why a child might be struggling with some aspects of their learning uh, and, and what treatment uh, or intervention recommendations uh, are appropriate then based on those profiles. But, uh, but for starters, uh, I'd like to give some examples of what I'm talking about, right? Uh, about how these things just, just don't make any sense. And, and, and again, if you're a testing psychologist and you're listening to this, I, I don't mean this to be offensive in any way. Uh, I feel your pain. Uh, I am in uh, the same boat as you. Uh, in trying to explain this information to other people. Um, but but if you are, I, I, I hope that you uh, listen to this with an open mind, right? Um, and realize, uh, if you haven't already, uh, that nobody understands what is in your assessment report. They just don't, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and all the time you spend reviewing it at an IP meeting, for example, uh, pause for a second and look around the room because I guarantee you everybody's eyes have kind of glazed over and, and, and they're kind of nodding along to be polite, not, not because they understand what's in your report. So, uh, so I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Um, now, here's the deal, right? Um, I could have, I, I have lots of these laying around, right? Uh, or access to them in, in my client's records. And, and I could have picked one from maybe, you know, first or second year uh, school psychologist as an example, somebody who really doesn't know what they're doing yet uh, and is sort of new to all of this. Um, I didn't. Okay, I, I actually picked an example of somebody who's known throughout the state of California um, as a school psychologist, really a sort of uh, leader in the field of school psychology, and, and this this isn't a knock on that individual at all. I have a lot of respect for this individual, uh, but I thought, gosh, if we could pick their report uh, and uh, and take a look at what it is that I'm talking about, and and they're one of the best, right? Um, then imagine what some of the rest <laughs> might look like, right? So 
Uh, so I'm just gonna pull out some examples, right? There's no names or anything like that here, right? That wouldn't be fair uh, to do that. Um, but uh, but just to kind of give a flavor for what it is that that parents and, and maybe you're a parent, you know, are are dealing with here, right? Because this is just it's a freaking foreign language. I I don't know how anyone in the world understands what the heck is in these reports, right? So so here's this report, right, by this really sort of top-notch leader right in the field of school psychology so i'm just going to read some examples you know i'm just going to read some examples of what's in here right so um all right so let's see here uh so bear with me okay i'm, I'm gonna do my best um to to do this here right so it says throughout and this is the beginning right this is to kind of help explain to you as the reader like how you can now better understand and interpret this data here right so uh so sort of the section on clinical interpretations and findings, right? So it says, throughout the report, standardized test scores are provided, followed by discussion of how a student's performance is best interpreted. The qualitative descriptors used to label these standardized scores are not consistent across test makers. Some tests have wider or narrower ranges, ranges different labels, or the same label, uh, but for a much different area. This often makes for confusing interpretations. Yeah, no kidding, right? No kidding, that makes for, <laughs> your explanation is confusing. I, I, I understand what they're saying, right? But but just imagine, right, for everybody else, right? Like, what? Like, like okay, um, if that meant I should be confused, uh, you are correct, I am already confused, right? Uh, but it goes on for, I'll just read one more part sentence of this and then go on to another section, right? So, therefore, for the sake of statistical consistency and logical interpretations, we will use the above descriptors, or, uh, well, and it's funny because it says use the above descriptors and the descriptors are actually below, so that's kind of a little confusing in and of itself, but, um, but does that help you to make logical interpretations of this? information after having read that, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, pretty confusing. Now this is a 30 page report here, so I'm, I'm not gonna read to you the whole 30 page report. Uh, that would be torturous, right, for anybody to try to go through a, a 30 page report like this, um, written in that type of language, right? But let me flip ahead here, and see if I can find something else. Um, oh, how about this, right? Um, because this is language that we use in our day-to-day -day life, right? So overall estimate of student uh, cognitive functioning is better represented by his nonverbal index, NVI, rather than his fluid crystallized index, FCI, given that the FCI includes scores that are impacted far more by areas of weakness and therefore underrepresents his abilities. Now, uh, nonverbal index, fluid crystallized index. Uh, I bet you've never heard those words combined in that way before ever your entire life. Uh, until you read this report, right? Um, which is why this report doesn't make any darn sense. Uh, so let's get ahead here, right? Oh, I like this one. This one's nice. This is a really nice sentence here, right? So the chart uh, below, again, it's funny, right? Because before he said the chart above and the chart was actually below. And here it says the chart below, but the chart's actually above. I, you know, I don't know. This is kind of confusing here, um, but I'm doing my best. Uh, so the chart below reports scores from selected subtests from the NEPC2, that's N-E-P-S-Y2, CTOPS, and it's actually the CTOPS, but CTOPS2 and KBC2NU 
organized by cognitive ability area according to cross-battery assessment XBA technique based on factor analytic loading of subtest. Cells that are darkened represent overall estimates that have been calculated using XBA formula. Okay, please. Oh my God, please. Did you understand that? If you did, uh, go on my Instagram and say so. Because if you did, you, I, I mean, I believe, to be honest with you, I did. I know what they're talking about, right? I, again, I, I know all the tests. I know what it is they're referring to. But if you don't do this for a living, right, and you understood that, uh, wow, congratulations. That is amazing. Uh, really, really, truly <laughs> amazing because that wouldn't make sense to anybody, uh, I don't think, right? Uh, gosh, I don't know. You know, there's, God, there's so many examples in here. Um, let me see here. Uh, let's just try this one, right? So here they're talking about uh, what they call conceptual, uh, cognitive conceptualization, right? That's an easy one, right? Cognitive conceptualization, right? Is the process of using information in an increasingly more complex and fluid manner. This is often called abstract thinking, fluid reasoning, or simply reasoning, the ability to solve problems that is, problems that cannot be solved by relying on previous situations or solutions. <clears throat> this processing area allows a person to make generalizations or inferences. It is comprised of general sequential reasoning, the ability to reason logically using established premises and principles, induction, the ability to observe a problem and understand the underlying rules or principles that will govern govern the outcome, being able to generalize from specific situations to others. I mean, right, it's like, I think you're getting a flavor of what it is I'm talking about, right? Like, so, so a parent or a teacher is supposed to pick this up, uh, read that confusing as heck series of sentences, I, I'm not sure what else to call it, um, and then look at a chart uh, that has a bunch of numbers that are foreign to everybody and then somehow piece all of that together so that it makes some resemblance of sense to anybody to be able to make decisions on, right? It just, it just doesn't, right? It just, and, and the more I think about it, like the more ridiculous all this becomes, right? This is the information that's the foundation of everything, right? The foundation of treatment and for school-based services, eligibility for services, and, and this is what people have to go on to make those decisions, right? So I, I'm, bear with me, please. I, I just, it, it's hard, you know, again, there's 30 pages of this. I'm only highlighting a few, uh, but, but there are a couple other here, um, just for the sake of it. Because this next one actually had to do with this child's area of disability. So this is actually really important, you know? And so this says, uh, auditory and visual uh, processing short-term memory, Excluding phonological processing, it is, is now its own processing area, includes auditory memory span, the ability to maintain information in primary memory and immediately reproduce it in the same sequence in which it was presented. Okay, what? I, I'm, I mean, in all honesty, I'm not trying to like butcher the reading of it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to read what, it, you know, just read it, right? The, the, the way it says, what it says and the way the sentence is structured, right? Um, so, okay, uh, so this student's performance on recalling number strings was better when they are said closer together, 0.5 seconds for memory for digits versus one second interval for number recall. It probably, 
it probably also explains why he did well on nonsense or non-word repetition as it is given at a normal speaking rate. Okay, my God, right? Okay, this is directly related to the child's area of disability uh, and even sort of highlighting, uh, I suppose, a relative strength here. What? And, and how is a parent or a teacher supposed to pick that up? What the heck does that mean? How, how And how is that in any way related to how my child is learning? And the fact is, is it is. That's the scary part, right? Like this actually is really particularly relevant information to this child's learning. And yet that's what they have to go on, right? Uh, it's crazy. So I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go here a little bit further. I, you, you can see my emotion in this starting to come out a little bit. So I should probably temper it a little bit. Uh, that tries to, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna like, oh man, I'm probably gonna frustrate like every person in my field right now. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. Honest to God, I'm not trying to do that. I, I understand this is, and, and, and frankly, this is how people are taught to do it. You know, so it's not even like, like it's, their fault, right? Like this is how they taught to, were taught to do it. And frankly, other people they work with understand what they're saying. It's, it's just those other people that they work with aren't doing anything to help the kid, right? That That's the problem, right? I mean, I mean, in, in, there are some planets in which this makes sense, right? Like, like I inhabit one of them. I can read this report and it makes sense to me, but nobody else in the world understands on every other planet, right? Like only the people on that little, very tiny planet understand that nobody else in the anywhere understands it. So, so, okay, so here we go, right? Now, this is the last part of this I'm gonna read, okay? Um, whew, God, I just tired of reading it. Um, I'm gonna read this. Now, I want you to bear in mind while I read this that this is probably the most, well, one of the most important parts of this report. This is how it talks about how this child qualifies for services, right? Because the child needs some really significant help, to be honest with you. Um, and this is the sentence that says how they qualify for services, right? Uh, and bear in mind that when I read this, this is one sentence, okay, one sentence, okay? Uh, this report also finds support for SLD, as he is found to have a disorder in one or more of the basic psychological processes, in parentheses, uh, include attention, visual processing, auditory processing, phonological processing, sensory motor skills, cognitive abilities, including association, parentheses, specifically orthographic processing, close parentheses, uh, conceptualization and expression, uh, end parentheses, uh, and is correspondingly not achieving adequately for the pupil's age or to meet state approved grade level standards, oral expression, listening comprehension, written expression, basic reading, reading fluency, reading comprehension, mathematical calculations and or math problem solving, Parentheses, all of the following in bold are greater than 1.5 standard deviations, plus or minus a standard error of four, close parentheses, what the hell? I'm sorry, like that was, what? Like, how is my child eligible? Why? Like, that was the sentence, and, and believe, a sentence, like that's, ten lines, ten lines of regular type, right, sentence. Um, explaining the eligibility uh, and why. So, I don't know. Uh, that's just, uh, I, like I said, sort of one of my pet peeves here, right? And so one of the things that I'm really excited to be able to do, uh, I hope that it's gonna be uh, a value uh, to you, uh, is when you tune in, um, you know, we'll have a chance to actually explain all this stuff 
in a way that makes sense, right? So that you as a parent uh, or as a teacher uh, don't have to go off of this. And this was this is one of the best in the field, right? Uh, don't have to go off of that uh, when making decisions around um, what your child needs, whether that's special education services or 504 accommodations. And, and then more importantly, right, what those services should be, right, or what those accommodations should be. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I tortured you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but if you're listening to this as a parent or a teacher, you've been tortured before, right, because you've seen things like that in the past. Uh, and so what, uh, what I'm trying to offer you here is a little bit of hope, right, uh, and, uh, and a helping hand. Uh, in, in understanding what your child's uh, report says or what your student's report says. And, and frankly, uh, if you are a testing psychologist, a school psychologist or neuropsychologist listening to this, uh, I mean no offense at all, right? I, I, I hope you take this in the way in which it is intended. It's to say, hey, like you're super smart. Uh, you went to school for a really long time. You have access in your mind to information that 99.9% of people in the world don't have, um, as illustrated by the fact that the report makes no sense, right? Like, like you know what that report means and nobody else does, right? Uh, and, and so this is just my heartfelt encouragement. Um, let's start changing it up a bit. You know, let's, let's start writing these reports for the people they're designed for, right? For the end user, the, the actual consumer of the report, right, which is a parent and a teacher, let's, um, God, let's write it for them, you know, uh, since, um, since they're the ones that are on the ground doing the actual work. So uh, anyway, uh, what, uh, what I really hope, um, of course, is that you come back um, to listen to future episodes because we're going to have a chance to go through this stuff and make it make sense uh, because Lord knows that didn't, you know, and, uh, and, and I want it to. Um, because I care about your child, uh, and I care about their success. And if there's anything that I can do uh, that would be helpful in any way, uh, I want to be able to do that. So, uh, so please come back uh, and join me again. And uh, and uh, yeah, look forward to doing it. Uh, take care.